Hey everyone, it's Keith McPherson here, and welcome to another episode of Let's Connect. Today on the podcast, I'm going to be speaking with an incredible woman named Charlotte Jackson, who is a school educator and the author of a new book called Finnegan's Bliss. She's going to talk about the book and how she came about writing this heartfelt story all about mindfulness and heartfulness. So before we get into hearing about this awesome story and speaking with Char, I wanted to just take a few moments and uh, share with you a little bit more perspective about this buzzword mindfulness. For those of you that are unfamiliar with my work, I just finished writing a brand new book called Making Sense of Mindfulness. And it's really been a journey of mine over the last, I'd say, eight years or so to really make sense of this word mindfulness. We're hearing this word popping up on the front pages of magazines and Dr. Oz talks about it every day on his show. And I've just been intrigued. What does this word actually mean and and why is it such a buzzword these days? What I've come to find out is mindfulness is a practice of paying attention in the present moment to yourself and the world around you. The key here is the present moment. So often our mind tends to race off into future thinking and past thinking. And a lot of times we find ourselves in this state of anxiety, feeling like we just can't keep up with it all. But if you tune into the present moment in your mind and your body, and you just literally start connecting back, I've come to find in this practice that when we're really aligned in the present moment, things just seem to flow better. We don't have to race ahead trying to get anywhere. We're actually given what we need right here in the present moment. So what I really love about this practice is the idea that you can integrate this practice into anything you're doing. Um, So I'm not here to give you an extra add-on on your to-do list. In fact, I'm here to try to simplify things and help you make sense of all the doing that you have on your to-do list. Mindfulness is really a way of being present in the moment, as I'm saying. And so when you think about this practice, um, it's really integrating a mindset into how you're operating, you know, noticing the cues in your body when you start feeling anxious in the chest or your breath gets really short because you're worrying about a future problem. You know, it's in the present moment, all is well. So right now, I even invite you to take a deep breath with me so we can just center here and get ready to hear this interview with Shar. So, all right, (laughs) hopefully you're here with me too. So Shar Jackson, um, you're going to hear a little more about her in the interview, but just a preamble on this. She just finished writing a brand new book called Finnegan's Bliss, and it's a children's book all about a little story about a goat, which she'll share. And the idea here, I think Shar's vision is brilliant. It's really trying to make the practice of mindfulness accessible in story form to kids. And um, I was so inspired by Shar that recently we teamed up and we created a further add-on to this book and to this vision of mindfulness in the school systems. And we created this program called Pono Life Schools. You can find out more about it at ponolifeschools.com. But essentially, the, the vision for this, this program is to give teachers, educators, um, parents as well, resources to really help integrate a mindfulness practice into the classroom and into their children's lives. So uh, we've started by just launching this daily uh, positive quote that comes out every morning in your email box, and teachers can subscribe to this, schools can subscribe to this, and it's a way to just kick off the day and something you can share with your students. 
And our, our vision is that we're going to continue to grow this program and offer more and more tools and ways to bring mindfulness into the classroom setting and into literally our children's hearts. So without further ado, uh, I'm so excited to share with you this conversation with Shar. We were literally sitting in her back sunroom, her dog was barking, the phone was ringing, and it was just no better time than then to practice some mindfulness. So I hope you enjoy. All right, I'm sitting here in a really beautiful room with uh, an amazing woman who I first met in the education system as a teacher, but she also was coming to my yoga classes. And I've come to learn, she actually is, um, she lived across the street from me for like a number of years and I didn't even know it. And then we found out we were neighbors. And ever since then, uh, we've become really, really good friends and have been doing a lot of collaborating. And I'm really excited to have her here on the podcast. Charlotte Jackson is here live. Welcome. Hello, Keith. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, there goes my phone. Something's (laughs) buzzing. (laughs) Right on. Um, So I'm really excited about about this new project that you've been working on, uh, a children's book. Yes. Tell me a little bit about it. Well, about a year or so ago, I uh, went to a goat yoga class. I absolutely love goats, and I absolutely love yoga, so I thought, what could be better? Put the two together. (laughs) Before we get into the book, goat yoga, and I've heard rumors about this. What exactly is goat yoga? So basically, you are doing a full yoga class, and the goats are just roaming around beside you and underneath you and on top of you. They climb on top of your back when you're in a plank position or they they uh, huddle underneath you when you're in a downward dog. It's awesome. Wow. And I love goats. I've always had this thing for goats for some reason. I love all animals, but there's something special about goats. So as I was doing this yoga class, falling in love with these little animals, I just realized, you know, if, if a goat can do yoga, then a goat must be a very mindful little creature. And can goats do yoga? <laughs> have you come to find that they have, can, can do yoga? Well, I haven't seen them doing any dancers' poses or anything like that, but <laughs> they seem to get into it. They really do love being around the people. So why goat? They're very calm. Why goat yoga? Like, what, what was the significant? How did that start? Do you know much about know. this? I don't know. I think it started actually in Portland a few okay. years ago. I, I, maybe because there's... Uh, a lot of farms around there and people are, are really getting into the rescue farm thing. Wow. And this is a rescue farm out in Enola that I went to actually. And um, anyway, so I, I decided to, well, there's my dog barking, as you can see. I know. I, I'm an animal person. I know. I feel like we're, we're on a farm right now, <laughs> right across the street from where I used to live. This is yeah. amazing. Dogs barking. Yeah, yeah. Goat I yoga. Got it all. So anyway, um, I, I came home and I've always wanted to write a children's book. I've had um, a few attempts at it. Um, and none of them really panned out or felt quite right. So, uh, this book just kind of wrote itself. It just, it, it seemed to work. The two went hand in hand, the mindfulness idea, which I'm also very passionate about and bringing in the idea of rescue animals and goats. Um, it worked and it's a very, he's a very adorable little, little character. His name is Finnegan. Finnegan's Bliss is Uh, the name of the book. It's called Finnegan's Bliss. Yeah, and uh, tell me a little bit, like, just a synopsis of this story. Like. So basically, uh, the way this story starts is Finnegan learns from his mother how to appreciate all the small things in life, and uh, to just that there's lots of gifts in this world. So he goes about every day feeling very joyful about all the lovely little things on his beautiful little farm and all his little friends and his experiences and the food that he eats and and the butterflies that he sees and and whatnot. So he's a very happy little creature until one day something goes wrong. 
and his his favorite scratching post that he uses on a daily basis has been blown over in a terrible storm. Oh, no. Yeah, so he starts to have a little panic attack and, and more or less a little temper tantrum. And so at that point, he doesn't know how to control his emotions. So the book does become about emotional regulation. Um, and then he meets a little wise friend named Samuel, who's a little, my little Buddha frog in the story. I call him that because he looks like a little Buddha. And he's a very wise little frog that continues to teach Finnegan about some mindful ideas and how to just breathe and get over his trauma and get over the, the emotion of the situation and to move on with life mm. and, uh, and to continue to look for the positive. Wow, I so love that's it. basically. And this all was inspired by going to goat yoga? <laughs> <laughs> That was a small part of it. I love it it. it. it it definitely inspired the idea of making my character a goat. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another thing that I'm just intrigued about as we're talking is like, as as you, we're listening to this and we're experiencing this right now. I mean, yeah. there's we are bombarded by noise all around us. You know, yeah. the phone keeps beeping. Yeah. I hear some construction thing beeping outside. People doing work. The yeah. dogs are barking. Yeah. I mean, there's. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I feel like the world has just like totally sped up over the last ten years. Like oh, it most definitely has. There is so much more pressure, noise, technology. Yeah. It's almost saturated. Yeah. Um, you're you're on the front lines in in the school system yeah. as a teacher. What what's your experience like there right now? Well, um, what I've noticed, and I think most of my colleagues are noticing in general is that anxiety is is on the rise with children as well as with adults and we, we know that that it's something that's part of our society but it is definitely um, working its way down into the younger generation and um, so with that comes um, I think some issues of resilience at the same time so we're noticing that resilience is a little bit lower than it's been in the past years anxiety is higher um, and that is what actually is one of the driving forces to me becoming um, trained in teaching mindfulness to the children because I think they need it, those skills more now than ever before. So why do you think it is? I mean, I was actually just talking to a friend before I came here about this who has two kids. And she yeah. said, geez, kids have it so easy these days. Like she was mm -hmm. going on about why are, why are we doing all this mindfulness in the schools? And I was really intrigued by that because why do you think it is that kids are, are dealing with so much more anxiety and depression these days? Um, well, you know what, I think, I think they see a lot. Um, I think kids are exposed to an awful lot nowadays, whether it's, um, what they're watching on TV or on, on their computers, they're exposed to an awful lot what's going on, for example, even, um, south of the border, um, all the politics, um, the type of programming that, that's available to children, I think is a, is a lot more raw than it used to be when we were kids, for example. Yeah. Um, I think parents are busier than ever, um, you know, working often two jobs long hours, which is a necessity nowadays. Uh, they're coming home tired. There's not really as much time to sit around at the family table having supper, kind of talking about the issues of the day, being able to, pro to have that time to process. I think that's becoming a lot more rare. Mm -hmm. um, I think kids are also very highly, uh, they're very overscheduled. Um, you know, there's a lot of programs that parents want their kids to be part of and I think that all those programs are wonderful but it's um you know it's a hectic day for yeah. both for parents and for kids there's a lot of go 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 um yeah and, and so. as a as a teacher like as an educator really spending in some instances probably like more time with uh the children than their own parents are mm -hmm. um 
what are you seeing in the school system in terms of like the depression anxiety stuff like i know you're seeing a lot more of it mm-hmm. I, I guess what i'm curious about is like how are teachers responding to it or are they part of it all too like wh- yeah. what are you seeing there uh well what we're trying to do is make sure that kids understand um like there is a lot of anti-bullying campaigns right now i'd love to make that turn that more into pro compassion campaigns i really think that that kind of positive wording yeah and and making children really understand the benefits of compassion and giving to others and how that you know we get back what we put out in this world um and i think a lot more teachers are actually you know getting into that mindset um in addition to that i think more and more teachers are are more open to the whole um breathing and and teaching children all those kinds of um those skills Hmm. to help regulate their emotions you're doing a ton of that in in your school i know Mm -hmm. that because you've shared some of it with me but just for the people listening and especially teachers that are listening um what are some of the things that you found effective in terms of bringing more mindfulness into the classroom specifically um well you know i i like back to that whole idea of um not only teaching kids the the biological function of our body and how we need to to slow down and 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 look after ourselves and and the the techniques that go with the breathing i think that kids really do need a lot of um direct teaching on on those skills of compassion and kindness towards one another so um i find that with every lesson that i do that involves some kind of um whether it's a body scan or some yoga technique or breathing there's always some other piece that's teaching a bit of um like human values Hmm. um i think that that is really really powerful yeah. Um, whether it's, you know, teaching a little bit about integrity or honesty or self-compassion for that matter. Um, I think kids forget that, you know, we have to do our best to help other people, but we have to look after ourselves first and we have to be kind to ourselves. And um, how do you yeah. teach it? Like, is there a specific, I, I just love to get a sample. Like, I know there's parents yeah. that are listening and some teachers and yeah. it's like, what can I do with my kids specifically to to bring yeah. that in a little bit more. Yeah. How well, can I the way that? I like to word that piece is that, um, you know, you have to treat yourself the way you would treat a beloved friend. Mm-hmm. Um, one particular activity that I've done with children, uh, for example, is um, if you imagined a friend who ha- was going through some kind of a difficult situation and the kinds of words that you might want to share with them to make them feel better. Um, to turn around and, and actually have that those that kind of self-talk for yourself. Mm. You know, even writing it in a letter, writing it down in a journal. Yeah. You know, those kinds of kind, encouraging, uplifting words that you can um, basically share with yourself. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I yeah. love that, actually. Yeah. That could yeah. probably be an adult activity as well yeah, as a kid activity. Yeah, for sure. Activity. Actually, it was an adult activity. I did it. I went away to um, a mindfulness um like a program in San Diego and it was um, a wonderful uh, woman by the name of, oh goodness, <laughs> I should know her name. She's the big compassion oh, guru. Oh, Susan Kaiser Thank Greenland? You. No. Was it her? No, that doesn't. But no, it was a Susan. It is a Susan. Cool. Thank you. Gotcha. Um, now I feel bad that I don't remember her name. That's okay. Sure, I should know it. Anyway, she is, um, she's quite well renowned in the United States anyway. She did this activity with us and I thought it was really powerful. Wow. Yeah. Cool. You, I know you'd mentioned a few times ago that we met um, something around your friends, kids, and 
self-deprecation and not mm-hmm. feeling good enough and mm-hmm. can you share a little mm-hmm. bit about that that whole piece do you remember that yeah okay i will i am i am seeing um not necessarily with my friends kids but in general i mm-hmm. i've noticed um kids when they get in those teen years which of course are difficult for for the majority um i think there's a lot more um self-harm that's that's occurring right now like mm-hmm. I've, i hear more and more of it in the high schools um and in fact it's very sad to say that i'm seeing a little bit of it in the elementary schools as well wow. so that's highly alarming yeah yeah that's very alarming yeah would you say it's from the same reasons we're seeing anxiety and depression i think you? i think i think it's a well you know i'm not a doctor so i i really hate to um to come up with a reason but my own my own perspective might be that uh you know, kids are having a harder time trying to process their emotions. And sometimes life is unquestionably difficult and there's sadness and pain mm-hmm. that we all endure. Um, and I think it's a it's maybe a way of masking that emotional pain with physical pain. Mm, wow. Yeah. Yeah, we're really in a culture right now that tends to suppress emotion, certain yeah. ones. Yeah. Like, and for we don't sure. talk about it and That's right. have those yeah. conversations. Yeah. It's yeah. one of the things I love about what you're bringing in is is allowing people to have that connection and that feeling and, and even just compassion for yourself and yeah. others around you. It's yeah. so important. Absolutely. Wow. I, yeah. I was also having the thought as you were talking about, um, you know, we're talking about how to bring mindfulness in for kids and especially with your book, but mm-hmm. it's so interesting how this is actually a, a topic and a practice that can bring together adults and children, like to almost, I'm almost getting this visual as you're talking about it, yeah. like families reconnecting with this practice, you know, of whether it's like gratitude at the dinner table or yeah. taking the time to write each other love on notes throughout the week to Absolutely. different family members or classmates or like yeah. there's just so much potential when we, we realign our mindset to Absolutely. one of connectivity as opposed to this place of um, uh, separation mm-hmm. and fear-based and yeah. got to get ahead and there's not enough time and I need to make more money and I need to yeah. do more, be more, join yeah. every every soccer and hockey club I can. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And I think another important element of this is, um, you know, we've all heard the term helicopter parent. And, uh, you know, that that term was kind of coined maybe a decade or so ago. Um, You, the reason I'm bringing this up is because you mentioned fear-based. We do live in a fear-based society. Uh, We are exposed to an awful lot of bad news. I think um, we all suffer from that. It's hard to block that out for sure. Um, but I think the, the, maybe the difference between maybe the way we, we were raised as children and maybe the newer generation is, um, you know, there's more, we protect our children an awful lot and, and understandably so, because there are things out there that we need to protect our kids from, but by the same token, um, you know, like some safe risk taking is, is also really important for kids or the ability to cope with failure or disappointment at young ages, I think is, is huge for kids um, and not let them feel like they have to be successful at everything or be the best at everything because that will set them up for, for greater disappointment when they get older because inevitably those kinds of things are going to happen in life. So we have to prepare our kids for it. Absolutely. As yeah. you're saying that, I'm also thinking about the importance of of looking after ourselves, especially as uh, parents and teachers, it's like our own self-care and our own updating of 
our own belief systems yeah. too. Yeah. How does that work for you in your practice? The updating of my beliefs. Yeah. Just like staying yeah. in a, in a mindset of like compassion and yeah. self care and like conveying the messages to your students for and your sure. kids. Like, you know, it's, it's okay to sometimes fail and you don't yeah. have to be perfect. And yeah, well, I'm dealing with that right now. Right. Even just putting this book out there, there's that fear of failure for sure. Um, you know, I think it's really just about, um, creating balance in your life. Um, knowing when to say no to certain things, mm -hmm. um, to step back and just breathe, so to speak. And I'm saying that, um, literally as well as, um, metaphorically, because we really do have to just stop and, and, and enjoy life and, um, you know, I'm lucky, for example, I have, I have a cottage. So, you know, I, I get to get away and, and, and enjoy some really slowed down time. Not everybody has that unplugged luxury. from the internet But just being unplugged, or? you know, but whether yeah. it's, you know, just going for a walk in a park or taking your dogs out for a walk, um, you know, just noticing the small things around you, just listening to the birds sing, um, you know, all those things kind of ground you. And I think make all these other little stresses in life melt away a little bit absolutely yeah. i love yeah. those those ideas and they're so simple they're simple and things as you say it it's like of course that's what we need to do more yeah. of is create some space in our yeah. lives to just process and be absolutely i even i even find that when i come home after a hard day's work and i you know the last thing i want to do is make supper yeah i bet um if i put some really great music on some beautiful calming music that that really really helps me um just kind of get into a different mindset and just kind of stop um, you know, the day and, and leave but the stresses behind a little bit and, and then focus on what I'm doing yeah. and, and then, you know, mindfully chop my carrots while I'm listening to music. It's just, it's a little bit easier. Just those little small changes in life, the little tweaks that you can make, mm -hmm. um, that make every day feel a little bit more calm or a little more Zen. You I know? love it. As you're yeah. saying it too, I'm, I'm just becoming even more and more aware and it's reminding me of like, and I don't know if you experience this too. I sometimes get these like little anxious, like bursts of, Oh my gosh, I, I can't be here right now. I've got to go do something else. Or yeah. like this kind of an anxious feeling of just, I, I need to be, I, I don't have time. Like it's a, a real, I call it a saboteur in the book, but it's like uh, not enough time or not enough, whatever it is. And yeah. when those bursts happen, I, I found like, as you're talking about, it, it's like to, to remind yourself to breathe, like you're saying, and to go, okay, pause. I'm not going to, I'm not going to stress about this. I'm here right now. And now is the moment of power and I'll get there when I get there. And, and to not be so hard on our own selves is really exactly. what I'm doing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Wow. You know, you so actually, I, I'm always thinking about one of the mindful intentions that you put out in different ways at different times. And it's all about things happening in their, in the right time. And I, I think in the perfect timing. And I think about that a lot because I, similar to you, get a little bit impatient with things or I start panicking about getting things done. And then I realize that, you know, things do generally in life. If I look back, you know, things work out when they're meant to work out. They and do. Yeah. If you push things too hard or too quickly, it doesn't tend to fall into place the way it should. So I try and remind myself of that a lot. And that's, that's something that. that I've learned from you. The actually. Hawaiians say, Ikaponomea. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> on time. Yeah. yeah. Speaking about perfectly on time, um, I got to ask you about this too. I, I know that you had a, a graphic artist do all of your illustrations. Her name's Helen 
or yeah, Helen Yang, I believe it is. Well, she's not a graphic artist. She is. Uh, I want to hear this. This is an amazing is, story. Okay, this is an amazing story. Actually, it's something I'm very, very proud of in this book. So, um, at the school that I teach, where I teach, um, there was a beautiful young girl who uh, I actually it was in my grade six class. I I was teaching mindfulness in that class. Actually, I wasn't the classroom teacher, but um, I would mm-hmm. go in once a week and do mindfulness lessons with this grade six class. This is a couple of years ago. And um, this little girl was an incredible artist. Um, and she has an, uh, an Instagram page that I follow, and I just would admire her art consistently. Wow. So she loves drawing animals in particular, and she does a lot of watercolor art. And I really wanted that soft watercolor feel for this book because I wanted it to, to, to look whimsical and gentle and um, almost have the, a feel of another time like a like the past I wanted it to look very innocent and so I asked her if she would do the illustrations for the book and she happily agreed and um, I couldn't be more thrilled with them she is so talented yeah how cool is that you got to work with one of your students it is so cool this professional beautiful project it is so beautiful yeah and so she's it's really wonderful for her yeah that uh, she can see her art in this this finished product yeah. I, I'm just holding the book right now and I just feel the energy from like the love that it took to create this thing and just mm-hmm. all of the little intricacies that it takes to put a book like this together. It's just absolutely beautiful. Thank um, you. I'm just, I'm also noticing the last few uh, bits here and in the very final page it says, in that moment of stillness and silence, their minds soared with inspiration. Ah, they both sighed. This is bliss i love that there's a rainbow and that's just beautiful so what is what is bliss this what is this you know it's exactly what we were talking about just those little moments you know they're looking at a rainbow at different points in the book he's uh finnegan is crunching on some alfalfa and that's bliss for him or he's um Mm. listening to little chicks lull him to sleep and it. that is bliss for him. It's those small things, listening to music, listen, you know, going for a walk with your dogs, whatever. I just love really, it. really milking it for everything it's worth, right? This is such a great offering, especially for, for kids that are going through issues with anxiety and depression. Yeah, just, I hope so. Just a reminder in, in a really great story form about just just breathe. It's going to be okay. It's going to be Even okay. Even though your scratching post got knocked yeah. over. Exactly. I got your back. You're going to be just fine. I'm a frog and I'll look after you there, yeah. little <laughs> goat. <laughs> I love this, Char. This is just so wonderful. Thank you, Keith. Wow. Um, where can people pick this up right now? I know I know. there's only limited copies at this at point. At the moment, yeah. I've, well, I've got my own copies, but it's also available on indigo.ca. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So, And um, I'm hopefully going to get it in McNally Robinson this week. I that's think. in Winnipeg so for in the Winnipeg. international listeners. Yes, that's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's great. Yeah. But it is online. You can get it online? Yes. And in the United States, it's on Amazon.com. Oh, it is on Amazon. It is. Fantastic. Yes. Yes. Before we wrap up our chat here, I really, really want to hear from you. And I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. But if you were to think back, because you've been a teacher for yeah. quite a few years mm-hmm. and have had an amazing impact. Um, I'd just like to hear from you. One of your most like memorable experiences being a teacher. Like, What is it about this, this profession that has kept you in it and done such a passionate job of it? Just anything that pops up. You know, right. honestly, for me, um, my favorite part is... Um, 
I've got kids who, you know, went through school and maybe had some difficulties, um, whether it were academic or um, emotional difficulties or social difficulties. And um, it's hearing from those kids later on in, in life, because I often, I live in the neighborhood where I teach, so I often run into the kids that I used to teach. And just... Um, hearing from them that there was that there was an impact made at that time that mm. there was a that there that that I was there for them when they needed them and uh, honestly I, I I went into teaching because I really just love kids so much um, and it, it's those kids that are that need a little something more that I really try and connect with and I hope that I can that I can make a difference in their lives even if it's a the smallest little bit you are so, making a difference in their thank lives. Thank you. I know that. So those yeah. are the, those. That's really in general what what teaching means to me. Just wow. making a small difference in somebody's life. That is amazing. The better. It's such admirable work. I always say thank that you. when I go in and speak with teachers, it's just I mean, it's a pretty tall order to to have to be there every day and and stay in your own grounding and then have all these little souls running around yeah. trying to figure out life and helping them. It's That's just true. It's gratifying though. It's great. It's a very gratifying job for sure. Yeah. It's yeah, very admirable. Yeah. I feel very lucky though. Cause they're pretty sweet. They're pretty, pretty great to be around. You know, I can, I find that I can go to work some days and not be in maybe a great mood. Maybe, you know, the, my toast burnt and my dogs pooped on the floor or whatever, <laughs> you know, those mornings where everything's just going to go wrong and then you get to work and, um, you, you have to smile. You have to put on a happy face for those kids because they depend on you. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, you can force yourself into feeling good. When you're not feeling great, that's an important thing to remember. You know, you put a smile on your face. Um, you have a chipper tone in your voice. And, and sooner or later, you actually start feeling that. So mm. good thing to remember. We can always, you know, turn, yeah. turn the day around. You'll yeah. see it when you believe it. Yeah, it's true. I love yeah. that. So, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, just sitting here in this space, and I, as I commented earlier, there's all of these different distractions that even a plane <laughs> went over our head. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And I think it's so symbolic sitting with you because here you are practicing mindfulness. And it reminds me, like, although the world around you might be completely chaotic and going crazy and and whatnot like define center is really where the bliss is is this yeah. moment yeah. and i can see it in you as you sit here yeah. and have this conversation yeah. it's so inspiring thank you keith you're very inspiring you've been a huge huge inspiration in my life oh thank I can't you thank you enough for being part of my life Vice versa. What a great neighbor you are. This is just unbelievable. I wish you still were my neighbor. I miss you. Well, I still have the house across the street. I just don't live in it right this temporarily at least. It's just, but it's really awesome to, to share this space with you. And so for those of you listening, um, I'm talking with, or speaking with Charlotte Jackson, who's an incredible educator, teacher, author, neighbor as well, I must say. And she has a brand new book uh, for children, but I think this is for everybody. It's called Finnegan's Bliss. A little story about heartfulness and mindfulness. And uh, if you've been listening in here, this book is now available in limited supply at this point. Um, but you can pick this up on Amazon. I actually think as well here, um, you can also pick up copies of this uh, at, at my website. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have this on my website for people that are looking for this. I want to make this That's available. Awesome, Keith. Thank it's you such so a much. great, great book. So check it out. Thank you. Lots of love went into this. You did. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining me on the podcast, Char. My and, pleasure. Uh, My absolute pleasure, Keith. Best of luck to you with this Thank awesome you so project. Much. Thank you so much. 
All right. Well, that concludes this week's episode of Let's Connect. I hope you were inspired as much as I was chatting with Shar Jackson. Be sure to pick up her book, Finnegan's Bliss, at my website, or you can visit ponolifeschools.com and not only sign up for your daily intention, but pick up a copy of her book. Thanks for listening, everyone, and I hope you have a wonderful week full of mindfulness and heartfulness.